Welcome to another edition of Political Profundity with John Guzan and Karen Weil. Hello, Karen. Hi there. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the impeachment farce, um, the uh, I guess the two-week uh, period that we went on uh, or went through, um, trying to get to the period here that we're at right before the State of the Union, um, and we're going to be talking about how this uh, drama is going to be ending. Um, or at least playing out here um, to uh, get rid of the official process. Um, and then we're going to jump real quick to Iowa because um, um, you know, that voting is going on right now as Karen and I are doing this podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about what we expect to see, what it might mean. Um, kind of, um, I It looks right now that there's some clear topics, but um, let's you know jump in, right, of, of course, into impeachment. Um, uh, you know, two weeks of uh, a lot of evidence. It seems like now Republicans um, have come out and said that uh, they do see that there, or at least some of them have said that there was something um, slightly inappropriate there, but they just don't think it rises to the level of impeachment. Um, it just seems, Karen, that there's a lot of, um, you know, balderdash going on. It just seems like that still was. Uh, really what it you know comes down to is that Republicans weren't going to impeach Trump um, even if he did shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and and that's what they've played out and now they're trying to say what's going on uh, or why they did it or why it doesn't uh, rise to the level of, of, of removal um, is there any um, good argument in those uh, you know GOPers who are saying inappropriate but not impeachable no, not in my opinion. Um, uh, you know, I uh, we're not just talking about somebody who got serviced on, you know, in the Oval Office. We don't even need to mention his name and then lied about it. We're talking about somebody who basically called on a foreign country to go after a political rival. Okay, this is Watergate level, you know, at Watergate level actions. All right. This is not a trivial thing. If, if it had merely been... Donald Trump having a consensual affair in the Oval Office. I don't mean to interrupt to disturb anybody's appetite by, with that image. But, okay, that would just be yet another example of what a scumbag he is and yet another reason why he shouldn't be reelected. But, okay, this is not a constitutional crisis. What this man has done is a constitutional crisis. I'm sorry. And, and if it were a Democrat, I'd be saying the exact same thing. Um, so I, I think, or frankly, you could see how grasping the Republicans basic defense of Trump is. And that was, you know, nicely articulated by Lamar Alexander, who basically said, yes, what he did is wrong. Um, I won't remove him because I like what he's doing. If, if you, the clip of, of Alexander on, um, who, by the way, he's retiring. And so he had, would have nothing to lose here. I voted to convict Trump. But basically he says, well, he's given us the judges we want, our tax cuts, which didn't help the average American, by the way, at all. Um, and, uh, you know, just these other things, including if Trump gets reelected, I, I think, you know, it's a solid bet he's going to start messing or attempting to with Social Security. Although somebody might remind him about how that went for George W. Bush in 2005. But nevertheless, he's going to do it because that's what his big money donors want from him. 
Um, and he needs them if he's going to have any shot of really getting reelected. Because, again, I maintain, John, Donald Trump is far politically weaker than most understand right now. Uh, but that, that was basically Alexander's defense. It's either him or you get Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, you know, the evil left-wing nightmares um, <laughs> that numerous polls have shown both of them de- defeating Trump, albeit not by much, but it is possible. So that's basically it. They and, and I mean, it's a good, you know, it's pretty well known. Most most Republicans in Congress don't like Donald Trump personally at all. They know what he is, but they're they like what he's doing. And the other reason is, and I'm sorry, it's fear. I'm going to not take much too much time by reading this, but Tim Alberta, who's a noted political writer, when last week, you know, information started trickling out that you know, most of the Republicans were not going to hold Trump accountable, which I think anybody who pays any attention to the world we're living in today knew that that was going to be the case. But Alberta wrote basically, and it was about Alexander, you know, that his retirement was less relevant than you think, and that Trump's grip on the Republican Party has implications far beyond elected office. Um, Alexander's looking forward to life after politics, but he knows it's going to be complicated by any break with Trump over impeachment. Alberta had talked to a lot of Republicans who are retiring or had retired, basically said they don't feel any sense of liberation to bash Trump, even though that's what they'd like to do. And Alberta wrote, writes, if anything, they're even more cowed and cautious, fearing that being out of favor with Trump and his party limits their earning power. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not just about the money. These Republicans have told Alberta basically they're scared to death of Trump's supporters. They're worried about harassment of their families, loss of standing in local communities, and estranged relationships. And, you know, again, some people think that's weak-ass excuse-making. And and to some degree, they might be right. But Alberta writes, most of these Republicans feel trapped. And retirement isn't the escape we might think. Now, meditate on that for a few minutes. Basically, they're so afraid of this creep that they... You know, they're going to do permanent damage to our, our country's democracy and civil institutions. Um, again, it does not speak well of any of them. But I, this is just where we are, and it, it is not a good place. I, I, I don't care who it is. You should not have a, a, a person's, a president's entire political party afraid of him or her like this. This is not good for anyone. That's basically an autocracy. I mean, I, it, you know, that's what it becomes. So I, I still say there are some weird twists and turns coming in this that, you know, we don't know about yet. Never mind John Bolton's book. Never mind these other drip, 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 you know, facts of, you know, bits of information that are coming out, which clearly are not, are still very damaging to Trump. But they're going to be very damaging for GOP, especially that, you know, quite a few senators who are up for re-election, specifically at least four of them, all of whom are at great risk of losing their seats. Uh, but I I think if, if nothing else, you know, the fact that this impeachment even happened that there was, and that there was a trial is still pretty incredible. It, it shows that enough people understand that Trump is a criminal and that there had to be something done to hold him accountable. Um, and I, I just anybody who says, well, they shouldn't have done it because they weren't going to convict him. Really, you might tell Newt Gingrich and the GOPers from 1998 and 1999, 
who impeached Bill Clinton and then held a trial for them. And believe me, John, I don't know if you recall this, but I don't recall any of them saying it was a foregone conclusion at all. I, I think, frankly, to this day, many people are supply, surprised Clinton was not removed from office. Now, there may have been some political considerations on the Republicans' part for doing that. But, you know, so I, I just, uh, you know, impeachment is a constitutional process. You can like it or not like it, but it is, you know, perfectly within our traditions in dealing with a reckless public official. Yeah, yeah. So those are my, I mean, please excuse my long, you know, soapbox on this, but this is just <laughs> to me, I, I think Alexander is sort of the core problem of it all and his attitude and what he's willing to allow to happen. Yeah. I mean, it did seem like the Democrats made the case, I think, that that what was done was probably illegal, although in a very light sense, because it goes against some acts that don't have any real criminal penalties. Um, but it, it just is it just shows what's going on. And I think they made the point that that, you know, obviously it's bribery or extortion or it, it, it violates um, the Impoundment Act. Um, but they made that case. People have accepted it. They, you know, again, Republicans just don't want to do anything about it. Um, and, and so, you know, when, 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 when that comes down, you have to say, well, what does it do to the electorate? Obviously, I, I think that that's, you know, where we have to look like where we're going to go. I mean, there is the talk that Bolton still might testify to the House, um, to the Intelligence Committee, and we might be here again. I mean, I've said on this podcast many times, it seems like, you know, there's one swing in impeachment. Um, I still think that that's the case, um, that, you know, they won't go back to the Senate unless there's something even uh, more egregious. But I don't see um, I don't see those same Republicans during the election cycle changing what they do. Um, do you? I mean, do, you know, say say they came out and they found out that 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 Trump was using the office or not even using the office just as a candidate is getting information from any foreign power or, um, you know, doing anything else that is, um, I guess, uh, along the lines of being on the border of immorality or illegality. I don't see them doing anything during the summer or any time after this spring. I just don't see it happening. Do you see that as a possibility no matter what happens? I doubt it. I mean, there was some talk, and I don't think it'll go anywhere, but you never know, um, of, of censuring him, which, you know, to say you're, you, what you've done is bad, we know it, but we'll let you stay in office and continue to wreak havoc because the base. I mean, the most cynical, I suppose, viewpoint of this, yeah, they, they probably won't. But again, here comes broken record me. You've got three or four senators one of them in the great state of Arizona, we all know who she is, who are up for re-election. They're going to have a very hard time explaining this to some of their voters. Um, yeah, but, so you know, but, you know, but, mean, yeah, but at the same respect, if they don't side with Trump at this point, they have a harder time explaining it to the primary voters, don't they? Well, that's you, you hit the nail on the head. And that's the thing, frankly, with Collins, Gardner, McSally, and, you know, Joni Ernst, maybe Tom Tillis of North Carolina. His poll numbers are not all that great either. Um, that's it. They're afraid of a primary challenger. Make no mistake, if any one of them voted tomorrow, say, to convict and remove Trump, you can best believe within 24 hours, say, the former governor of Maine, Paul LePage, who's an extraordinarily divisive figure in the way Trump is, would be challenging Susan Collins. Um, you know, 
let's just say theoretically no Paul Garfar might decide to challenge. Sorry? I said no Corey, Lew- uh, Corey Lewandowski running finally. I'm just... Again, well, right. He dropped out because even he's too much for, you know, New Hampshire's Republican voters. But, <laughs> you know, you'd have Paul Gossar, you know, who's been a, you know, just extreme Trump cheerleader, theoretically could challenge Martha McSally. I mean, I, I, so these guys would all have primary challengers, and there's a good bet those people might win, given the Republican-based voters as a general rule. So none of them are not that. Um I just think to some degree, I guess it's just so important that they keep this job or, you know, that they'll have later on that seven-figure lobbying job, which they'll probably get anyway, even if they lose, right. as long as they stay loyal to Trump. Um, I mean, this is where we are as a country. And yes, you've had Democrats who've lost seats and go into lobbying, too. And it, it is a, it's an incredibly huge problem, but especially given... The kind of Trump, you know, the, it's called wingnut welfare and the Trump loyalty circle now. In general, it's a far bigger problem for now on the Republican side. Stay loyal. You'll get your big paycheck later. Ne- never mind what this does to the country. Um, <clears throat> so, excuse me, folks, I'm dealing with sinuses today, so my voice probably sounds more obnoxious than usual. Uh, hey, now, I, Again, these, these people have to <laughs> – thank you. These people have to explain themselves. To voters. And even in some of the deeper red states, you know, there may be some Republican voters to say, you know, I like Trump, but I, you know, there's no doubt that he broke the law. I, I may not be okay with this. I, I, I want a better explanation. So these senators are going to have to do that. And it's just going to be interesting to watch. Yeah. You know, as far as the um, broader electorate goes, um, how do you think this has played out? I'll throw out my opinion on, on what I think is has kind of set up the uh, race to be now for president and even really now for the Senate um, and the House. Um, But it seems like because of the whole process that's gone on, there is now um, the feeling that, or, or the impression to me, that They've kind of, you know, the energy is gone from the GOP. I don't think that they have any energy at all because they've been scrambling to come up with these, you know, one or another excuses, not do, uh, you know, witnesses. And again, the, you know, the hardcore Trump base, which I would argue is even less than 35 percent, it's probably closer to 25 percent. They're fine with it. They were energized anyway. But I think for the rest of the, you know, the 25 to 30 percent of the GOP electorate, I think their energy is gone. I feel like they will have no motivation to come out. Um, I think that they're embarrassed, and and even more so, they continue to be so. Um, I don't think anybody's trumpeting anything here, and you know, no pun intended. Um, and but it, it it does seem like the the energy's still there because everybody goes, okay, well now you know at least on the Democrat side they say they got to defeat him at the ballot box, and I think it does give and, and allows that energy to stay. I don't think. Anything that Trump does diminishes that energy, uh, and impeachment has only served to help it. Um, you know how how do you see how it's played out? And and you know it looks like then the Senate is in play. Um, I think everybody can agree with that. The Senate is definitely in play for Democrats in twenty twenty, where maybe it might not have been um, without it. Um, so. You know, do you see it like that? Do you see it as, as as no matter what, whether Trump got removed or not, it severely weakened not just his chances, but the GOP's chances generally? 
what was my first response to this is the reaction I had when Bill Clinton was acquitted um, all those years ago. I thought Al Gore is probably not going to win the White House because what that did was further <clears throat> in the minds, of, especially independent voters, say there's something wrong here with the Democrats in this case, and it's time to correct it. Now, again, we all know how 2000 played out, and given that disastrous electoral process. But still, one of the main arguments George W. Bush had when he was running is that it's time to clean up the White House. Remember that. That was definitely one of the main mm -hmm. campaign themes. And Al Gore, <clears throat> with all due respect to him, you know, and, and Al Gore had nothing to do with Bill Clinton's terrible behavior. But, you know, we all knew he was going to pay the price for that. Yeah, compared to Bill Clinton, he was a choir really defend it. Right. And he, he, had a, he had a bad campaign to begin with. Um, so I, I, I made no mistake, the GOP lost a whole lot of Republican suburban voters in 2018. Um, you know, yes, you can say that the, 2000, the 2018 elections were the referendum on Trump. Some are arguing this one's just going to be a choice between him and whoever the Democratic nominee is. Uh, but I beg to differ. It absolutely still will be a referendum on Trump. I, again, you see, and the polls overwhelmingly, and one of some of them showed 80% of Americans, 80, John. Where do you get that kind of number for anything anymore in this country? And that, those were some polls calling for witnesses in this trial. A lot of them know that the GOP is not handling this well, that it's not being honest. And again, the main argument people have, if you believe Trump is innocent, then by all means, let people come and testify for him. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to do that. Right. What does that tell you? And yeah. so I, I think for a lot, look, again, Trump's poll numbers, this, I, have, I have said this from the beginning, and I stand by it still. This impeachment has not helped him. There is no sympathy vote for him because people don't like him. And that includes, I'm willing to bet, even a good 15, 20 percent of the people who voted for him. They know he's a bad person. They may like the economy or some other things, but they know this guy isn't anybody they'd want anywhere near their family or in their house. So, and again, we get into these weird, you know, contradictions with American voters. But so this is his poll numbers are still the highest was what, 46. He's not popular. Could he still win? Of course, given our electoral college and, you know, possibly trying to steal it. But I I just, I think this is something if he's, and if, especially because Trump is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this now, he's not going to show an ounce of humility, even if he is acquitted within the next few days, the way Bill Clinton did. If you remember when Clinton came out before the general public, after that decision, this was a guy who clearly knew he was humiliated, knew he'd done something wrong, and he acknowledged it. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump's not going to do that. And there's already some rumblings that at this, you know, speech he's going to give before Congress tomorrow, he's going to try to do that claim exoneration. And some Republicans are nervous because they know how that's going to look yeah. to some of the voters they need to desperately win this year. So, well, that's you know, that's I, a great I, I think point. This is going to have that's a great point. You know, it segues into what we were going to talk about. I'm sorry if I cut you off there, but um, oh, no problem. You know, we were going to, you know, it it, it seemed I, that odd, I guess, to say to a certain level that Republicans were completely on board with uh, exonerating 
uh, President Trump, not even calling for Bolton, no matter what else came out, not even um, uh, or Mulvaney, um, even when, you know, General Kelly came out and said, well, I believe Bolton. You know, if he said Mulvaney and Cipollone yeah. were there, I believe him. Um, and, you know, that didn't pause anybody. However, um, you know, the fact that they wanted they were not going to have the, the vote to acquittal, whether they say that it's because they want to explain their votes, they could do that later. They could do that at other times. Um, you know, they want it on the official Senate record, um, you know. Politically, for their futures, none of that matters. They could have done it at a different time. They weren't willing to count out a Trump that far. And I think it's because they, as you were mentioning, and, and that's where I'm jumping on your back here, um, they didn't want anything to happen today or Friday to give Trump a full, easy road in the State of the Union to bash whoever he wanted because th- they would look horrible. Um, if he would have come out, because right. you know that he would have come out if they would have done the exoneration before Wednesday, which is the plan right now is to do it on Wednesday and they're going to exonerate him. And I think whether it's said or not, it's based also on his behavior on Tuesday night. If he comes out and says, yeah, I did it. And so what? You know, you guys can't touch me. Um, you know, that might change the dynamics on Wednesday. Um, and, 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 you know, I think that's why that whole process went on. I think that's why it's on Wednesday, because even the Republican senators don't trust Trump. They don't want him, but they 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 don't think that there's anything else for them to do. And I don't think the moral courage is 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 their right call in their minds. And, you know, unfortunate as it may be, um, that's where we are. You know, we talk about, you know, Donald Trump wanted to get rid of the swamp. He's now the king of the swamp is what he's made happen. Um, And you know, that, I I think it's really, you know, the State of the Union, usually it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it has some drama coming this time. I want to see what he's going to say. Do you feel the same way about that State of the Union tomorrow? Are you looking forward to it to I, see what happens? Because it could change the dynamic. Well, again, given that Trump is unpredictable and has no respect whatsoever for any norms, um you know, I I don't know. I, I I don't think honestly a lot of people are going to be watching it again. It goes back to the fact a lot of Americans don't like this guy, and many don't regard him as legitimate. So, uh, you know, they may you know perhaps more people will tune in just to see him sit there and and crow about this. But I, I again, you you've already said it. The GOP knows to some degree that this looks really bad. Um, and that's another thing I want to mention. Remember, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Remember on Friday. Or before last Friday, there was already talk that they were just not, after voting to not allow witnesses, they were just going to vote to acquit him. Well, all of a sudden, they didn't do that. Because not only, I think, because of the bolting book, but again, because of the optics. I, I, I suspect some of these Republican senators, you know, those four we've talked about, who are nervous about November, probably said, hey, slow down. You know, you are really going to destroy my chances of winning another term. So there was all kinds of weirdness, I thought, going on right before Friday um, that, again, did not help Donald Trump's case whatsoever. So I, I just, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen Wednesday. I, I, I don't think anybody can really say clearly that they do and, and without there being some weird twists and turns in this. Um, and as for... You know, how Trump's going to behave on Tuesday, I mean, 
you know, this man is not capable of giving any truly great or inspiring or important speech. He may actually behave himself, especially if he really bothers to listen to advisors telling him, you know, if you take it too far on this, you know, you lose about 5% of the of that voter electorate you're going to need to survive this. Yeah. So I, I, I just don't know. Um, I didn't watch his speech with Sean Hannity. I, I don't know if you really said he was exonerated then. Uh, there was also, you know, quite a bit of back and forth with the White House between the, the Senate, um, with, the, with the Senate uh, before Friday too. That over this, that they wanted, they wanted the vote for acquittal, and the Senate said, "No, we're not doing that today." Um, so I just, I, you know, we'll just have to see what Trump does or says. I, you know, I can't imagine him acting like somebody who fully understands the gravity of this situation. I'm yeah. sorry. I, no, you know, I, if you had a, any other Republican, you know, Marco Rubio or or somebody else for president or even, you know, Ted Cruz, who I, I don't think either one of them would ever have done this in the first place. And certainly their defense of Trump has been uh, as, as you know, morally bankrupt as anybody else's. But, you know, at least they'd understand, you, you know, there's just a way to present yourself. And I, Donald Trump doesn't understand that at all. Yeah, you know, and I agree with you that that maybe, you know, turnout for the State of the Union, the ratings might be, um, you know, about the same, maybe a tick higher just because of what's been going on. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, people don't watch planes take off and land every day, but when they crash, um, everyone sees the highlights. And I think that, you know, that's the capability of, of the event that, um, you know, he could crash and burn. You never know what he's going to say. Um, to, you know, cause he's still on, on the, in, you know, in the gallows and right about to be, you know, um, uh, uh, pardoned by the governor, um, in this case, the Senate. Um, and you know, as long as he doesn't do anything stupid, I think on Tuesday night, um, you know, but it, it could change the dynamics. I don't think it's going to, you know, it's just something interesting to watch. I, I do think he'll just be teleprompter Donald Trump. Um, but you never know. He's, I think he's really been, uh, sidelined, um, for the last two weeks and it's just basically been his Twitter feed. Um, and you know, who knows, he might forget that he's not, uh, at a rally. Um, let's move on to, uh, the democratic race. Um, and you know, I really liked, uh, you know, the play on uh, field of dreams that, that we threw in there for it. Um, no, it's not heaven. <laughs> it's Iowa. Um, that's, that's our, 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 our second topic there. Uh, the Iowa caucuses are going on today. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a, it's a, it's definitely not a primary election. Um, it's where people get together and they can vote multiple times and, um, they go to different places and it's, it's, uh, it's like a big party. It's like a big festival, big fair. Um, but Sanders and Biden are, are right at the top, um, trailed closely by mm-hmm. Warren, you know, the same three are there again. Um, it, you would have to think that after what's gone on, you know, one of the things we didn't talk about in the impeachment, how, you know, it seemed like Joe Biden um, was able to 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 get out of that without being tarred, that it still stayed on Donald Trump's behavior. Um, and he's there uh, and ready. Um, and, and it's a possibility that he takes Iowa. And I think that's big, regardless of all the stuff that's happened. Right. I, I, you know, look, the former vice president, Whatever his flaws, whatever mistakes he's made voting otherwise in the past, there's a certain amount of affection for him, especially among older voters. 
I don't think the Republicans understand it. I'm not even sure a lot of Democrat Democratic elites do. I don't mean base Democratic base voters or independent voters. I just there's people like this guy, and that's a huge important factor here. Um, and you know, I I don't know if Biden necessarily handled this whole non-issue well. You know, with his son and, and Burisma. And by non-issue, I simply mean the idea that they may have done something illegal rather than it just being his son doing what the, the, the offspring, you know, caging the Trumps do with a prominent parent is take advantage of that and, you know, get jobs they probably shouldn't be in. Um, but at any rate, I, I think, you know, that, that Biden is in this lead right now or tied with Sanders, again, shows his strength. And certainly Senator Sanders. This is, And this kind of follows a pattern with presidential hopefuls normally. The person who came in second the last time is therefore in the best position to take it all and maybe win the presidency. Um, you know, Sanders has had a very workmanlike campaign. I mean, the controversy aside with his followers, some of them, um, you know, who are a small percentage of the people who are supporting the senator – um, you know, and his message has resonated over the years. So I, I'm not surprised to see these two at the top. Um, I, I think Senator Elizabeth Warren, you know, a little bit surprised maybe that she's not doing slightly better, but still that she's, she's third shows again, her message is resonating too, obviously. Um, you know, you have Klobuchar, Coming up, I don't know where Pete Buttigieg really is in this. Um, then you have some others like Tom Steyer and Andrew Yang. I mean, we don't know where Michael Bloomberg's going to place in all of this. Or is I might is he yeah, even he able to be in, in Iowa? No, he's he's not even he's part not, of the Iowa thing. You, I, I think Buttigieg and, and Warren are around 16 percent. Sanders twenty three, uh, and Biden around twenty two, and Yang and and uh, Steyer. They're, you know, in the single digits, but that's at least, right. you know, the the last polls or, or the polls of polls. I, I just I, I think if anybody's guess about who wins this tonight and even if they do win it, it doesn't mean they're going to snag the nomination. Mm-hmm. So much can happen between now when you have the Super Tuesday, when you have the other state primaries and other caucuses that I it's it's just. I, you know, it's just a crapshoot, in my opinion. And yeah. Um, I, I I do think, again, especially back to Sanders and Biden, it, it just shows the staying power and the histories that these men have with voters yeah. um, to, to a lesser degree. And I mean nothing by that. But then that, that applies to Senator Warren. Um, you know, Klobuchar could be a very interesting candidate to watch in terms of how she does, given her Midwestern, you know, roots. Uh, but I... I just, I'm like everybody else. I'm following this, and we'll we'll see who prevails tonight. But just because they do, it it doesn't mean that we're going to see them, you know, on the ballot against Donald Trump in November. Yeah, um, you know. So th- those are just my biggest takes. Yeah, and I agree with you completely. Um, you know, to kind of you know address the, uh, you know, you know the people of color um, issue. Um, you know, I mean, when the electorate speaks, the electorate speaks. And, you know, for us to think that, you know, it's always going to be, um, you're always going to have a Barack Obama, um, you know, just, you know, it, it's not going to happen. And sometimes the electorate will just be that way. Um, 
you know what worries me is the rich guys uh you know the rich guy effect more than more than you know the color of people's skin um you know the billionaires just jumping in um i think it's a bad trend for american politics um to just kind of you know have those be these 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 very wealthy people that just go okay well now it's time to run um you know we look back to the you know the you know turn of the 19th century um you had the richest people in the country picking their presidents, but they never ran for president themselves. And now a days it's a little bit different. Um, and, you know, I think that's a kind of a scary demo, uh, a, a scary development um, for American politics um, more than, um, you know, the color of their skin. I, you know, like Martin Luther King, I, I, I just wish we would be at the content of people's character and not looking at, at what they look like um, and thinking that means anything. Um, well, I agree with that. And, um, you know, and I think the, you know, the electorate basically does that to a certain level. I, you know, I just don't think people were comfortable with Kamala Harris. I mean, she came from California and had no support in California and that'll do you in every time. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I don't know why, you know, exactly, um, that, that goes on in California. It just is there. Um, as far as, you know, I just think that people like, you know, people who are recognizable, but not too much. So, you know, you have to, to win a presidency, you have to have that nice balance of not too much baggage, but enough to make it look like you're not just visiting somebody at the hotel. You know, it's one of those kind of elements. I think you need to have the right balance of being well-known, um, but not being, um, you know, having this, this, this negativity wrapped around you like Hillary Clinton did, um, you know, right or wrong. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, necessarily think, you know, I think she's been targeted and being, you know, you want to talk about, uh, unfair. Um, there's been a lot of unfairness, I think on that from the time that she became first lady. Um, and she was a credible person. Um, anyway, um, I, I do see that, you know, Biden being able to come out, it looks like he's going to come out of Iowa with either a first place or a second place. Um, he's going to go to New Hampshire the same way. Um, and it's Sanders and Biden to really take Iowa and New Hampshire. That's what it's looking like right now. And the way the polls show, Biden's got that 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 upper hand on Super Tuesday. Um, you know, we got a week uh, tomorrow, a week from. Uh, so it's a February 11th is New Hampshire. That's a real primary. Um, people are going to go to polls and vote, um, you know. I think what happens uh, in Iowa will affect New Hampshire, will affect us, um, um, uh, uh, this, uh, the you know Super Tuesday, South Carolina, um, which I think is one of the bigger ones. Um, and it's going to be there. I think Biden showing that he survived means he's going to make it. Um, you know, I, 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 I just see a path for him at this point. Um, he's he's strong enough in Iowa and New Hampshire that and 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 you know unless the unless there's a big gap between now and Super Tuesday which is later in February I think it's the uh, it's in the 20s I don't have that date right in front of me right now or off the top of my head but um you know it it just seems to me like you know front runner is definitely there now because he's made it he went even through the impeachment where they tried to tar him which I think has impacted him um but he's still right there and regardless he's probably going to be first or second in Iowa and New Hampshire and then win a lot of states on Super Tuesday and um, you know, it's just going to be a Sanders Biden battle. Um, it seems like it to me that, that, you know, you know, we talked about this, I guess a month ago, um, that maybe Buttigieg had, it kind of peaked too soon. And I think that that really is playing out. Um, it, it does look good for him then, you know, four to eight years from now, uh, depending on what happens. Um, 
um, that he's going to be here. Uh, he's not going anywhere, and he might still be the president of the United States. It's just not going to be in 2020 or 2021. Um, and, you know, I think Elizabeth Warren's just, you know, I, 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 I think she's a weak candidate. I think she's got a lot of weakness to her. Um, I think she's a great professor, and I think a lot of people really like her. Um, I just don't think she connects enough. Um, and, you know, right now, people want people that, uh, people want politicians who they know a little bit more. And that's why, again, like you said, the second time you run, it's, it, it's, it's usually better for you. Um, you know, this is Sanders' last go. It's Biden's last go. Um, they can't go in, in another four years. I don't even think they'd have the energy. Um, but that's where we are. And I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see. But right now the path is, is, is been cleared for Biden, I think. And, and, and if, you know, he's still going to be in the race, um, and most likely he takes it. Uh, you know, if I had to put money down at this point, I would put it on Biden because he's looking strong. I, you know, you make some very good points. Um, I, you know, you may be proven right. And again, I will submit that Biden has a lot of personal appeal and it's, it, you know, some of it has to do with history and just, you know, some of it, just the man's story. This is a guy who knows what tragedy is, is, uh, and has been affected by it. So I, I just, I'm just, I'm not going to make any predictions about this. I hate to sound late, but because I've just seen too many of these where whatever people thought was going to happen, didn't. So may the best candidate win. You know, and I agree with you Um, with that. I, you know, I just see this, this race being different. I just see it as, you know, with having the boogeyman that you're running against, because that's really what I think a lot of the folks in the Democratic electorate see is that they're running against the boogeyman and it's, it's, it's changed the way that they're selecting their candidates and it's changed the way the voters feel about looking at their candidates. I really think that, you know, they have more of that. Who's going to be defeat Donald Trump instead of what's your policies this time. And I, I just that, see it as more true. of a predictable outcome this time compared to past years. You know, I, John, again, you make some really great points. I think there is, there's something that's almost, primal about what's going on yeah. in terms of this election year. And, I, you know, in the, for 2016, it was Trump's base. I think this time it might be Democrats who really, really, based on their loathing and distrust of this guy, including a certain percentage of independents and maybe even a small percentage of, of Republicans who just don't like what's going on here. Um, and that that could be, you know, a huge factor in in how people vote in November. Um, I, you know, again, I, there's always so much strum and drang about these kind of primaries, especially Iowa. So I'm, um, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing who prevails, uh, you know, tonight and where they go from, from here. Well, Karen, thanks again, as always, for joining me on Political Profundity Podcast. We're out of time, and we will, um, you know, if, if, if anything big happens, we will try to get on back on our podcast line here and, and, and get you one. Um, but, you know, regardless, we, of course, will be back always talking politics. Thank you, Karen, for joining me. Thank you, John, and I thank you so much to all the listeners. And we'll talk at you next time, everybody. Thanks again, Karen. Bye-bye.